Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. It's been a good Sunday today, hasn't it? We had kids musical, went great this morning, and then we had hot chocolate outside after church. I don't know if any of you got some of that, but that was really good. And so we had some kids outside saying, best Sunday ever. And of course, then we added to that with baptisms today, and it's been a great, great time. Uh, My name is Tanner. I'm the youth pastor here, and I know we have a lot of guests in here tonight, but I'm youth pastor here. That means I, uh, you know, keep track of the wild people in the backside of the church. Um, No, we have great kids here, but um, I'm blessed today to be a part uh, of the Emmanuel God with Us series with part two, and I'm thankful that Pastor Matt and Pastor Mike have let me be a part of this. Um, Pastor Mike did a great job last week setting up a theological foundation of who Jesus is and the theological foundation of what Christmas is and what we are to expect. And tonight, I'm going to follow that up with talking about the waiting in Christmas. Let's pray. God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the blessing it is to be here, Lord. We pray that your Holy Spirit be with us tonight. And God, as we go into the message, help these words to be your words and not my own, Lord God, and help everyone's hearts to be open and receptive. Lord, we're thankful for everything you have done for us. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Christmas is a very, very exciting time. And when I was a kid, just like many of you, it was even more exciting. Uh, You would really anticipate Christmas Day. A present would be added underneath the tree every now and then, and you would just really wonder whose it was and what it was, and you would sneak in there and pick it up, and, you know, you'd shake it and judge it by weight and judge it by the sound, and you know, my mom figured that out, so she'd start packing it with things like books, and then it would be something small, and got really tricky as I got older, but you would get in there, and you would try, and you'd anticipate opening all those presents, and of course, then it would be Christmas Eve, and the night before Christmas, and you could barely, barely wait until Christmas morning, like you just could barely go to sleep, you didn't want to go to sleep, and I'm not a morning person, but on Christmas morning, I was a morning kid, right? I mean, you get up early, um, way earlier than normal, and you are ready to get that present thing started. And you'd get in there, and you'd start the presents, and you'd open presents up, and it'd be a great day. And I remember this. um, One time I got like a Power Ranger, you know, sword to go along with all the Power Ranger stuff I had. And so I had to go to Christmas at my grandma's dressed like the Red Power Ranger. And you're like, well, shouldn't you have dressed like that for Halloween? I did. I was Red Power Ranger for Halloween and for Christmas. Because when you're the Red Power Ranger, you're the Red Power Ranger. You just... You're always Red Power Ranger. You don't. You are who you are. You can't let go. So Lamentations three twenty five says this: The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. That verse said it is good to wait, and it, God says that He. The verse says that He is God is good to those who hope in Him, and that shows us that waiting is good. But the problem with that is waiting is not easy. It's very difficult. It's a good thing, but it's a hard thing. It's a difficult thing. And so the Christmas story, um, which is told in Matthew chapter 1 and 2 and Luke chapter 1 and 2, a very familiar story, so instead of just reading it all, you know, word for word, I'm just going to summarize a little bit of it tonight because it it applies. But if you've never read those chapters, you need to go read those and make it, you know, you need to read the whole story yourself. But here's some things we know. We know that to begin the story had been roughly 400 years since God had spoken to Israel, since they had heard from a prophet, since he had reached in, since he'd spoken, about 400 years. 
And then to begin the process of Jesus coming to earth, uh, God speaks through Gabriel to Zechariah, and he proclaims the miracle of Elizabeth's pregnancy and the birth of John the Baptist. And then God sends uh, Gabriel to speak to Mary about Jesus being born, and then to Joseph. And we know that Joseph chose to stay with Mary after initially planning to leave. And we know that they had to travel to Bethlehem by the order of Caesar. We know that they had no place to stay when they arrived in Bethlehem. There was no lodging, no place for them to stay or live. And at that specific point in time, Jesus decided it was time to come. And so he was born with no place to stay, and he was born in a manger. And then we know that wise men from the east and shepherds came to visit baby Jesus in recognition of who he was. Not did they just come to visit him, they came in recognition of who he was. It's a very important thing to realize. And then they took Jesus to the temple on the eighth day, as was Jewish custom. And then they had to flee to Egypt to escape Herod. And then we know that he came back later and they settled in Nazareth and Jesus grew. That's the story of Christmas right there summarized. But what I want you from, to catch from that story is that many, many times in this story, there are times in periods of waiting that are built in here that you need to figure out and you need to see. And what they are, there's just a few of them here, but waiting for God to speak to his people again, waiting for the Messiah to come, 400 years of waiting before the story starts. Waiting for the babies to be born, nine months, and you mothers know that that um, gets harder as it goes, as it gets to the end. Waiting for the trip to Bethlehem to be over, waiting outside on the donkey for Joseph to check all the inns and hotels in Bethlehem and there not be any availability. Um, Waiting by the Magi to finally arrive from their trip, you know, long journey across there to come to, to Israel. And then Simeon waiting on the Messiah for years and everyone waiting for God to rescue Israel. So much waiting is built in this Christmas story. But the biggest wait of all for them and for us is that we wait for God to move. We're waiting for God to move. We're looking for him to do something. We're anticipating something he's going to do in our lives and in our church and for our nation. We're waiting for God to move. And so a lot of times, you know, you're not just waiting for waiting's sake. You're waiting literally on God to come through. And that's a challenging thing. That's a tough thing. So tonight, if you've got notes and you want to take out notes and write this down, you know, I've said it before, but youth, they'll just stick their phone up like way high and take a picture. That's acceptable. Um, you can do that if you want to, but I've got some points, three quick points on how to wait on God and three quick points on what we can do while we are waiting on God. And so the first point of how to wait on God tonight is faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. Faithfulness in this scenario when you're waiting on God is often coupled with times of uncertainty. Times of uncertain, uncertain outcomes. In Luke, Gabriel appears to Mary and he tells her that she is the chosen one to be the mother of God, to be the mother of the Son of God. It's a big thing, really big thing. And she, he appears to her, tells her she's highly favored. And her response to that, incredible honor and incredible challenge is this, Luke chapter 2, verse 38. She says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Great, great faith is exhibited in Mary's answer. But for Mary, there's still so much unknown left for her. So, so much unknown. How will people accept this? And not just people in general, you know, like the people that you kind of know. How will my fiancé accept this? How will Joseph accept this? Uh, because in Mary's scenario, you, you have to step in and understand this, that 
you know, Gabriel appears to her and says this. He doesn't say anything about Joseph's going to stay with you. This is all going to be awesome. You know, there's, there's no, there's no uh, you know, reassurance. Hey, you're going to be the mother of the, the Son of God. It's going to be great. And there's none of it, it's just, And she says yes. There's a lot, lot of uncertainty for her. She has real tried and true worries. Will I have a husband to provide for me? Will he leave me? Will I have to do this all by myself? It, those are huge worries. That's a huge thing. That's a, that's a knot in your stomach for a couple days. That, that's a, that's a, I'm waiting on God to see how this plays out a few days. And we really know, and, and, and probably if you really get this, Joseph was debating on leaving. That's scriptural. And so I'm sure she knew he was not you know, feeling too hot about it for a day or two however long this goes. So there's a lot, a lot of uncertainty and a whole bunch of waiting on seeing how God's going to make this play out. And all of it was real, and at some point it did play out, but Mary had to keep her faith and trust in God. In our situations of uncertainty and waiting, we can continue to have faith, and we can continue to trust in God. We can realize that God will come through. What he says will come to pass. Gabriel says that. It's a really neat, small line. No word from God has ever not come to pass. It's a great, great line. And so we can adopt that same thing. And if we have that mentality of faith, then we can have patience. The second point for tonight is patience. And you guys probably don't have a problem with this because I know you guys love Jesus and y'all are great and you know, y'all don't have this trouble. But I do. I can confess to you that I struggle with patience. Um, years ago after church on a Wednesday night, we, you know, we get done with church on Wednesday night at 8, and then you wrap up, and you get out of here about 8.20 if you're a youth pastor. You know, if you're lucky, you get out at 8.20. And uh, so I had my stepson Gage, and it's kind of late, but we're really hungry at this point, and then we got a little bit of time, so we decided we're going to go to a fast food restaurant. We're just going to go through the drive-thru, get some food, take it home, eat. Should be easy, should be fast. Fast is in the name. Um, I'm not going to name the restaurant because there's no, you know, I don't really want to flame them. Um, we post these on the internet, and they've done a tiny, tiny, tiny bit better over the last couple of years. But anyway, um, we go there just to get our food. And so I, we order food, nothing crazy, nothing fancy or complicated. And uh, I decided I want a dessert with it, so I order the dessert. And we pay, you know, they make you pay, so you're trapped after you pay, right? And so... They made me pay, so they've got me now. And so then I'm getting the pickup line, and I'm waiting for my food. And they're like, sir, hey, we need you to you know, go over here to spot number one, the dreaded spot number one. Send me to spot number one. And uh, I drive over there. You know, it'll be a few minutes. Cool, we're fine. This is going to work out. It's going to be fine. And then we wait, and we wait, and we wait a little bit more. And then um, I start, you know, getting a little bit frustrated. And I start watching the cars in the rearview mirror behind me. And I start to notice that they're not getting diverted. And they're getting just like their food and they get to leave. And, uh, and so I'm like, oh, you know, that's kind of not right. And I wait a little bit longer. And after 10 minutes, the lady comes out and she's like, oh, hey, uh, we don't have the dessert you were wanting. We don't have it. We, we just don't. We don't got it. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Um, can I have, you know, the other thing, you know, the other dessert? And if I tell you we're in the restaurant, and they're like, oh, no, the machine's broken. That machi- you know, that machine's always broken, but that machine's broken. And uh, so we don't, we don't have that. I'm like, okay, fine. Um, I'll just take some fries, you know, sub it in, whatever. Just sub the fries in. It'll be cool. We're even. We're square. Give me some extra fries. Take the food. We're out. We'll get out of here. Okay. And she goes back in. And then I'll wait, and then I'll wait some more. And about another 10 or 15 minutes goes by, and I'm, like, pretty frustrated, pretty mad. 
And uh, honestly, you've, if y'all have ever been in this, it's like, you know, you just want to be free. Like, I just, I just want to go. I just want to be free. I just want to be released. I, I, if y'all give me my money back or if whatever, if y'all give me my food, any food, I don't care. Give me something and I'll be free and we'll be square. Uh, so I go inside, get the food. I'm like, hey, I need my food. And like, who are you? I'm, you know, I'm the truck outside in spot number one that you sent, you know, 30 minutes ago over there, but y'all forgot, you know. And uh, anyway, uh, instead of giving me my fruit and fries, they just, you know, like, they're like, okay, cool, yeah, your truck, white truck, yeah. And they go back and they just keep giving people food out the drive-thru. And like, you, like I almost, you know, like I, you, you can't lose your salvation in the <laughs> restaurant, but I almost did. And so anyway, finally, they give me my food and the story's over and the wait's over. Patience is a very, very tough thing. Um, and even when it's not that extreme of a story, but the thing that I want you to realize about that story is this, and I want you to think about it this way. How often do we unknowingly act that way with God? Do we get in an attitude of, man, God, I really thought this was supposed to be faster. I really thought this was going to be like, you know, a quick blessing, a drive-through blessing that's going to happen fast. You know, I wasn't ready for a process. You know, I came to you, you know, thinking you could move quick because I've heard about you and you can make it happen. And of course he can. But we can get the attitude of, you know, this should have been faster. This should have been better. And we get impatient with God. And so we have to realize this. God is always on time. He's not early. He's not late. He's always on time. The God we are seeking and we're waiting for is on time. And because he's on time and we know he will come through, we can go to number three. We wait with expectation. I heard this story one time. Really, really good story about a young boy who had an older brother. And family goes to uh, Disneyland. Had an older brother, and uh, the older brother was taller than he was. Um, you know, they're not that far in age, but one has, you know, grown high, and the other one was, he was just short. The little brother was short. And so the story goes that they're going to Disneyland, and they think, well, I just really don't think you're going to be able to make these rides. And he's pretty bummed. So what they do is they make a plan. Family makes a plan. We're going to get him some thick shoes. We're going to spike his hair up a little bit, and we're going to go in there, and we're going to go try every ride we can, and we're going to expect to get on these rides. We're going to go in there with a good attitude, expecting that we can get on these rides. And I thought, what a great, great story that is about how to have an attitude of expectation, have an attitude of expecting something to happen. And for us, we have an attitude to expect God to move. And so we need to be like that boy. Maybe we need to get our shoes a little thicker and spike our hair up, and we need to be expecting God to do something. We need to expect God to move. We need to have an attitude of expectation. God, I'm here waiting. I expect you to move. I expect something to happen. Psalm 62, verse 5, a great verse. Yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from him. David writes that, and he makes it clear that his hope comes from God. He knows the answer comes from God. A very common phrase we say a lot, get your, don't get your hopes up. Or, you know, you tell somebody, don't, don't get your hopes up. Don't, don't let your hopes get up. And sometimes we try not to get our hopes up about things. So I'm going to be real with you. My hopes got very up whenever I thought BYU was going to beat OSU. I'm an OU fan. I went to OU. And my hopes got up. And I was trying not to let them get up. And they did, though, because anyway. And so then, you know, 
obviously that didn't happen. The reason I wanted that to happen so bad is my buddy and I from college had gotten tickets to the Big 12 championship and we were going to reunite in Dallas and it was going to be like 2011 all over again and we were going to have a good time at an OU game. It didn't happen. Got my hopes up. And so, um, you know, OU let me down. Uh, really, OU let me down. And they've done that to me a lot and I'm not the same anymore. I'm just not. I'm really not. Um, since tw 2017, Rose Bowl, it changed me. So, um, but here's the thing. God will not let us down. God will not let us down. Praise the Lord. God's not OU. He will not let you down. So listen, you can get your hopes up. To be honest, 100% honest, like get your hopes up. Like allow your expectations to increase. Allow your hopes to get up. Put your faith in the Lord. Put something in and let your hopes get up because he will come through. And so how we wait, of course, is very important. And as I said, we've got some things about what we can do while we wait. So three things quickly about what we can do while we wait. First one is this. First one is listen. Almost everyone who has a phone that's ever had to do anything with the phone has called a customer service line, and they put you on what? Hold. Nobody answers the phone, so you get put on hold. And you have to, you know, hit like 14 numbers listening before you get to the, the line. But they put you on hold. And you wait for someone on the other end to pick up the call to help with what you need. When that happens, it's incredibly, vitally important to continue to be there listening for when they pick it up, finally. Because if you're not there listening when they pick it up, the window of opportunity will be gone and you'll start the entire process all over. And so you might miss the chance. You have to be there to listen. So, so important. John chapter 10, verse 27 says this, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And Jesus says that, and he says that his sheep, which are his follower, his people, that they know his voice. That means they've heard it before, that they're listening for it, they're anticipating it, and when they hear it, they follow. When they hear it, they follow. Now, I want to say something here, and this is country, very country. It's going to reveal my roots. Have anybody in here ever called the cows, right? Yeah. You, like, let out some kind of whoop, whatever it was. You know, I'm not going to do it. It's embarrassing. Um, but you let it out, and you scream it, and you know what? The cows show up, right? And if a fake person comes in and tries to let out the whoop, they ain't coming. They don't, you didn't do it right. Um, that's the same thing God says about us. We know his voice. We know how to respond. We know what to expect, and we follow. We, we seek God, and we wait for God to speak, and when he does, we follow. Second thing is we give and we sacrifice. The concept of, and action of sacrifice in the Old Testament and during Jesus' time was a very, very huge thing. Very, very huge, super big thing. But in the modern day, and especially in America, I think, just being very honest, we've lost very, very much of the concept of sacrifice. Like, we view things more as an investment and that we've got something we can slide around, but we never view something as, like, I am sacrificing it. So, but in the Old Testament, sacrifices were both mandatory and voluntary. And in Leviticus chapter 2 and chapter 7, they talk about the grain offering. And the grain offering was an offering of grain or flour, which was food or which could be sold, you know, for some, some sort of, you know, financial give back. But they gave that an expression of worship, an expression of thankfulness, an expression of, you know, realizing that God was good and that he provided. So they gave that grain offering to the Lord, realizing that they were thanking him for something. And so the question you might be thinking is, how does this apply to waiting? 
So when they would give that sacrifice, there would, of course, be times that they would give it when there was grain aplenty. You'd have grain, you know, and it'd be, you know, the grain offering. Yeah, we've got a lot of grain today. Grain offering. But there would also be times where there would be not so much grain coming in. Maybe it's a time of drought or a time of famine or a time of, you know, just not so much harvest. And then they would still give the grain offering. And in that time of drought or, or, or lack of grain, they would be in a period of waiting for God to provide them more grain. Everybody picking this up? And so you're still sacrificing in the time of waiting for God to come through. I don't really understand this about God, uh, but it's the nature of God. But when we give something, sometimes the very thing we need the most is the thing that God's going to ask us to give. It doesn't make sense. Can't explain it. It's scriptural and it's there. And you can't rationalize it and you'll, over, you'll think it too hard in your human mind. But the truth is, is that if you need something, sometimes that's the thing you need to give. The thing you need to give the most is the thing you're asking for. So for you, it may mean you need to give and you need to be listening for what God's asking you to do. What can you give? What can you sacrifice? Where is he leading you? Give and sacrifice while you're waiting. The third thing is to make sure to speak about who you are waiting for. So in the Christmas story, before Jesus was born, all of Israel's waiting on the Messiah to be born. They're waiting on the Messiah, which means Savior, which means the Savior of them, the Deliverer. We are not waiting for the birth of the Messiah. That's why we celebrate Christmas. He was born. So we're not waiting for his birth. We are waiting for the return of the Messiah. We're waiting for the Messiah to come back. James 5, 7 through 8 says this, Be patient then, sorry, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. And so this, what I'm about to go into, is, was a new concept for me, and it might not be for you, but it was for me throughout the study of this message. Jesus was born to be the Messiah and the Savior, and he was born in Israel. He went to the cross, and he died on the cross for the sins of the world, so that they may come to God and be saved. He died in Israel. He rose from the grave, and he ascended from Israel. And as James says, we need to be patient until he returns, because the coming of the Lord is near. And if it was near when James wrote it, it's far more near now. When he does return, he will return to Israel. And when that day comes, when he returns, the Bible makes it very, very clear that there are armies surrounding a particular place, and they're very much in need of deliverance. And that place he comes back to is Israel. And so the thing that was a revelation to me is that Jesus is not done being the Messiah. That, yes, he, he died for our sins, and yes, that's the salvation we needed. Like, that, that's the salvation everybody needed. Praise the Lord, your sins can be forgiven, and you can go to heaven. It's a huge thing. But Jesus is not done being the Messiah. He's literally coming back to rescue Israel one more time. He's literally coming back to rescue them one more time. To deliver them just as he said he would in every facet, in every way, as God delivered them so, so many times. And he has one time left. He's not done being the Messiah, and we're waiting for him to come back. That's great, great news. Closing this out, that's huge news. 
That means you can give your faith to Jesus. That means you can give your hope to him that you're not lost, that there's still hope, there's still time. And time is running shorter and shorter, but there's still time. And so tonight, if that's you and you realize that's you, you can make that decision tonight to follow Jesus. You can give your heart to him. But as we wait for God, we have to realize that he will show up, that he's faithful, that he's dependable, that he's reliable, that he's good, that waiting is good, that waiting tests who you are, it tests your faith, it grows you. We realize that God is faithful and who we're waiting for. As I said, the, 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 the point of the point was mention who you're waiting for. Like we don't want to just be waiting on God and, not, and people not realize we're waiting on God. We need to make sure people know, I'm hoping for deliverance from the Lord. I'm realizing he's coming. Whatever it is, whatever you're praying for, it's, maybe it's health, maybe it's finances, maybe it's family things. Real, make people know you're waiting on God. Let it be known. Make sure people understand. You don't wait silently. You wait with expectancy and make sure people know who you're waiting for. And we make sure we know that our God is coming through. Our God is going to come through. So tonight, before we get up and pray, um, I'm going to ask Pastor Mike to go ahead and step up here, if he would, because tonight, before everybody comes down, if you're here tonight and you need prayer and you need to give your heart to the Lord and you need specific prayer, Pastor Mike will be right here and he'll be able to pray with you here. And so uh, Pastor Matt's right there. I couldn't see him from it. You know, it's like the backside's dark. Pastor Matt will help with that too. If you need any specific prayer, come find these guys. But what we usually do on Sunday nights is everybody stands up and we just come down here and dismiss all together from down here. And so if you would, if you'd stand and we'll come down here and we'll pray all together. So as I said, if you need prayer for something, find Pastor Mike or Pastor Matt. But for the rest of us, I, I'm sure many of you have something you're waiting on God for. And maybe it's been a long time since you've been waiting. And in some ways, you may have been tempted to give up, you know, to move on, find a new vision, find a new goal, find a new, you know, thing to seek. But the reality is, keep seeking, keep searching. As I said in the message, get your hopes up. Put your hopes back in the Lord. Get your hopes up. Seek expectation. Let's pray. God, we thank you for tonight. Lord, we thank you for the great blessing it's been to be here, Lord, and we pray that you be with us, Lord, as we go throughout tonight. Lord God, help us to open our hearts to you. God, help us, Lord God, to be waiting in expectancy for you, God. We expect you to do things for us in our lives, Lord God, and we realize that you'll come through, that you're faithful, that you're reliable. And God, as a church, we expect you to come. And Lord God, as a community of believers, we expect you to step in and, Lord God, be the salvation that you said you would be. Be the salvation that you are. And God, we're so thankful for everything, Lord. The needs we have, God, we pray that you see them from your throne. Lord, help us to be a people who, God, who never gives up, never quits. Lord God, we're expecting, Lord. Help us to be patient with you, God, knowing your timing is correct and your timing is accurate. And Lord God, you're going to come through in a mighty way. And God, we thank you for everything you've done. God, help us to be a people, Lord God, that reaches outside the walls. Help us to be a people, Lord God, that sees Christmas as a time to show the glory of you, Lord. That, Lord, we show the people around us, Lord God, that it's not just lights, it's not just presents, it's not gifts. Lord God, it's the Savior of the world came and he was born on earth. And Lord, we're so thankful for that. Help us to be people that mimic that, that message, Lord God. Help us to speak that message, Lord. We're so thankful for everything you've done. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen.
We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.